Who doesn't care? Don't put your hand up. So no Christmas present for you. But I hope uh, for every one of you that this season of the year uh, is a special time that you can reconnect yourself with the purpose and plan that God has for your life. Um, I hope you can experience Jesus as your saviour, as your saviour, not just a baby in a manger. So the, the power of, of Jesus Christ is as real today as when God uh, came to us as a little baby. So uh, I guess I, I love this time of year. Um, uh, guys, it's a great time to, to connect with girls. Just if you're single, that is. Take them looking at, at lights and stuff like that. Summer nights, sneak a, sneak a hand. Did that work for us, darling? No. <laughs> just, help, just helping you out, guys. But uh, the new year is going to be upon us really soon. And uh, it's a great, time of, uh, a great time in our lives each year to come into a new year. Uh, because it gives us an opportunity to put some stuff behind us. And I, think it, I don't think it was really, um, you know, that, that any day is any different to another. But there is something when we close off a year and then we have the potential for something new and fresh for the next year. And I, I really think that uh, for our church, we're going to be stepping into something fantastic in the new year. And I'm excited for it. And I know that God's got some good plans for each one of us. And hopefully this morning we can set up some things in our spirits and in our hearts that are going to uh, prepare us to step into that, what God has. So next year, One Heart, uh, it's going to be, um, or this year, I guess it was about getting free. And uh, what I'm speaking on this morning, I hope is going to um, uh, finish that off this morning. But I, I know the messages aren't going to end on, on freedom from today on, but I, I know that uh, we still got to let Mary's... Uh, fifth and sixth demons out, I think, as, uh, as I've been, if you're listening uh, to my messages, uh, we got to about Mary's seventh, no, no, we're doing seven demons, but we got to about number five, I think. So we want to let the other two out as well, um, so she can be set free. But we'll get to that one day. But uh, today is about getting ourselves ready for what God wants to do in us next. So sometimes we can look at life and think it's all about a corporate thing. Well, the church is doing that. And uh, they can do that. But you know what? God wants individuals to start to realize and connect with what the church is. And, and you're as much a part of that as I am. And when the church starts to activate together, then you see whole communities can change and be transformed. And uh, I'm excited about that happening. I want to see that happen in Port Lincoln. I want to see what God's going to do in your life. And um, so hopefully we can start that this morning. Um, last time I spoke, I spoke on Noah, who was here that morning, and when everything was ready, God said to Noah, now get in the boat. It says that in the New Living Translation. When everything was ready, God said to Noah, get in the boat. And I mentioned on that Sunday that would it be right for Noah to have got mad with God if he hadn't built the, built the boat? You're thinking, well, that wouldn't be too fair if he didn't do what God told him and then said, well, now I'm drowning and God, it's your fault. So I'll just throw this one in. This is not in my notes, but I'll just throw this one in. You can't complain if you've got no money if you haven't got a job. Duh. So let's start this one. It gets better. I'll be nice to you from now on. 
Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Jesus looked at them intently. He's talking to his disciples right now, the background of the story. He said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Now, the background of the story, this was Jesus' answer to the disciples when a man came to him and said he was, he was rich, he had a lot of money, and he came to Jesus and he said, what should I do to get saved? And Jesus told him what to do, and it says he went away sad. So he met Jesus, but he didn't get saved. He met Jesus saying, tell me what I have to do so I can be saved. And Jesus tells him and he goes, oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's, it's such a sad story. He goes to Jesus, the son of God, and says, what do I have to do to get saved? Jesus says, do this. And he goes, oh. And he, and he walks away. Doesn't get saved. He walked away without getting saved. I think that's such an incredibly sad story for a man to get so close to Jesus, but missed the saving. And oh, this is another one I'll just throw in. It is... Equally as sad to have people come to church week after week, year after year, month after month, whatever it is, and be in the presence of Jesus, but not get it. And walk away not changed. We don't want to be that person. But Jesus said this, but with God, everything is possible. It's a big statement from Jesus that is completely true. It's completely true. But we try living this, doing it, whatever that is, without God and wonder why things aren't working. Listen to the, listen to the podcast for that, get the, the bit. But we try, we try doing life thinking, well, Jesus, you said nothing's impossible. And we're, we, we take that statement and we want that to happen in our life but we want to exit the with God part. I'll say that a bit clearer later. But as we move on with God, you'll see that things change. Things that the way you look at life will change when you're on a journey, when you're on this thing called discipleship with Jesus. You'll find that, that the way you view things will change. Things will be different from the point where you started on your journey with God. As you go along, things will change. And you'll see, it's like going on a journey, the scenery is different from when you started to where it ends. And if it was all going to be the same, we could stay where we started. If, if the end and the beginning is all the same thing, we'll just stay where we are. Stay in your brokenness, stay with your hurt, stay with your unforgiveness. Just stay there. In the end, Jesus will take you to heaven. But Jesus wants to do a work with you that is going to be different from where he took you from and totally transform you to be something different. And the journey is important. Because Jesus has a plan for every one of us that cannot be outworked in the comfort of our lounge chair. We want God use me, God do a work in me, but just don't make me change anything. This guy came, came to Jesus that day and he said, well, what, what do I have to do to be saved? Jesus said, just do this. He goes, oh. Guess like I don't really want to be saved then. You know, it's, it's so 
so strange, but, but we need to have an attitude where we come to Jesus and say, Jesus, what do I have to do to be saved? And then when he tells you, just do that. In Revelation 4 verse 8, just the second part of this, this scripture, it says the angels are singing to God. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. You see, this is a, a curious little, little verse here, but in heaven, the angels are worship, worshipping God constantly. And that's why we come together as, as believers, as Christians, as the church, and we worship God because it, it's what God designed us to do. And it says the angels you know, are just zooming around in heaven, just singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, just worshipping him. And it sounds a lot better than what it looks like up there. But when we see these, these things, it says, God who was, and I love this because he knows where you came from. He knows where you've been. He knows, he knows your past. And we always got to remember that, that God knows where we've come from. Then the second part is, it's Jesus who is, he knows you now. He knows your today. And the, the most important part is that Jesus who is to come, he knows your destiny. He knows your future. And he has that, um, that best future that he planned for you. And we have, to, we have to be the disciple, the believer, the person who says, Jesus, when you tell me, I want to be ready to go. Don't be a, a person like a Noah. I mean, be a person like a Noah who, when God spoke to him, he said, well, I'll do what you've asked me to do. You don't get angry at God when things didn't work out because you didn't do what he told you to. See, God's plan through Jesus is to unlock where you are. This is talking about freedom today. Uh, to bring freedom spiritually to every part of your life. Because we might think, well, if I, if I had freedom financially, then, then my life would be better. If I had freedom in my marriage, then my life would be all sorted. If I had freedom in, in this or that situation, then everything will sort itself out. I want to put it to you today. When you can anchor yourself being free spiritually, then all those other aspects of life will start to make their own way for you. Someone here today, you're thinking, that could never happen to me. Well, think again, because Jesus, give Jesus your yesterdays, and we call that repentance. Give him your todays, and you'll find freedom that no one can take away from you, that can never be taken. So God will open a way. When you think it's over, God can make a way. God will open a way when, when it seems like there's no way out. See, being spiritual is about equipping ourselves with practical applications. Because sometimes we have, this, we have this idea that spirituality is all about something that happens in our prayer time, something that happens when I read the Bible, something that happens when I get all mystical and mysterious. But being spiritual is, is a lot about what we do practically as well. Because Noah didn't float away in a, in a spiritual ark. It was a real one that he had to build. Proverbs 15 verse 19. It says, this is a really good one. A lazy person's way is blocked with briars. That's prickles. 
Remember Br'er Rabbit? He didn't want to get thrown in the briar patch. Who remembers that story? But the path of the upright is an open highway. See, don't be lazy spiritually, but invest yourself in the things of God. Don't be lazy when it comes to spiritual things. Proverbs 15 verse 21 says, Foolishness brings joy to those with no sense. Foolishness brings joy to those with no sense. A sensible person stays on the right path. Stay on the right path. Seek out Jesus and follow the instructions. Follow me instructions from God will pay off with a life that is strong. Spiritually strong. I'm reminded of Philippians 1 verse 11. It says, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. The righteous character produced in your life by Jesus. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. And that should be our goal is, is our walking in a spiritual sense is to bring glory to God. So that our life becomes something that, that honours God, that, that brings praise back to him. So let's get back to where we started this morning with that statement. But with God, everything is possible. And it, it is far too common to believe that what we think God won't do for us rather than believe what he will do for us. I'll say that again so you understand. It is too common to believe what we think God won't do for us than believe what he will do. And sometimes we talk ourselves out of the answer that God wants to, wants to do in us and through us. <clears throat> so the key is, the key to with God, everything is possible, is this. We want everything possible minus the with God, and that's our problem. So Jesus says everything's possible with God, and we're thinking, yeah, but... Sometimes our experience tells us, yeah, but I prayed and it didn't happen. And so we're coming in, in this sort of half-baked attempt to, to uh, know God. But we're saying, but don't come into every part of my life. We're like that guy who came to Jesus who said, what do I have to do to be saved? Jesus said, just do this. And he goes, no, not that one. I'm going back to this a lot this morning. Because we come to this place, we're saying, well, everything's possible with God, but that didn't happen to me. But so we want that everything possible minus the with God part. So we need to establish some, some ground rules in our spiritual world that says, God, I want to live where your rule comes first. Oh, that can hurt. Because God's plan and purpose and his will coming first means that we come second. And we're thinking, but, but surfing comes first. But but hunting comes first, but fishing comes first, but my car comes first, and my girlfriend comes first. God says, you want everything? Put me first. You need to write that saying down. Get back to what Jesus said. John 6 verses 1 to 15 is a really amazing story. <clears throat> it's a story where... Jesus went to an isolated place. You would have heard the story. Uh, verses 1 to 16 tells us, and um, all these people turned up. There's no shops, so they didn't have much food. 
there's a few fish and some bread and Jesus prayed for it and blessed it and gave it all out and everyone ate. And it goes on to say um, that everyone was so impressed. You ever been to church and this has been awesome, the pastor preached a good message for a change? And you think, that was so awesome, that was so good. And you want to make him the prime minister? Well, this, this day Jesus was on fire. Fed everyone, they're all happy, they're loving it. It's like a carnival situation. And, and it says that they were going to make Jesus, they wanted to make Jesus the king by force. I don't know how you force a king. You are going to be our king. Jesus says, No, 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 you are going to be our king. This big gang of guys all crowd around Jesus. Hail the king, here is our new king. And Jesus is saying, whoa, whoa, I am the king, but it's not that kind of thing. It's something different. But the, they, 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 they're wanting him to be the king. They're going to force him into it. But what happened next is really strange. It says that Jesus removed himself and he, he went away. He went up the hill. He went up the mountains and escaped from the crowd who wanted to make him king. The next part's even more strange. Uh, it says that evening... Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. So Jesus is out of there. I don't know if he had time to even say to him, hey guys, I can't be the king, not like this. See ya. So he, he exits, stage left, and goes away. And the disciples are like, where did, where did he go? They're still wiping the crumbs off from the bread and the fish. <clears throat> and so they go and wait for him. They say, well, just wait till he comes back. Verse 17 says, but as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. See, I've got a question there. What were they thinking? They're Jesus' support crew. They're Jesus' team. It's like they're the bus driver in the, today's thing. They're the bus. So it's like we're going on tour, everyone. We're going on, going on around. And they go, well, the main act, we're leaving him behind and we're, we're going. What were they thinking? Next question, how did they expect Jesus to get back? Next question, did they even care anymore? Because I'll tell you what, the disciples were sitting there by the boat thinking, where's Jesus? Where's he gone? What's he up to? They're probably thinking, Someone's saying, I'm tired now. Someone else is saying, it's getting late. It's actually getting a bit cold. And one by one, they get in the boat till they're all in the boat. And Jesus still hasn't turned up. So someone says, hey, I don't know about Jesus. Let's go. Now, we don't know the background of the exact story. I'm just, just adding these bits in for you. But imagine being Jesus. He gets back to where the boat should be and it's gone. And all the disciples are gone. Great help, guys. Just what I needed right now. But I'll tell you something. Impatience and disappointment will have you back in the boat and rowing without Jesus. So things like unfulfilled expectations. We're thinking, well, God, you should have done this for me. God, I expected it to turn out like that. And I've got an unfulfilled expectation. Because the disciples, they're thinking, I thought that he would want to be king. And I reckon they're standing at the boat going, having a, having a, 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 like a post-service 
um, rundown of, of what went wrong. And they're going, well, he, had, he won't get a better opportunity to become king and he just blew it. I was sure that's what we came here for. He could have become king because you know what the motivation behind all that mostly is? Because if he becomes king, then what's my position going to be? I might be the prime minister. I might be the minister of finance. I might just become a rock star. Who knows what their motivations were, but they've got, they're dealing with this thing called unfulfilled expectations because they were, they're standing there thinking, Jesus just blew his chance to be the king because they were only seeing things through their, their limited perspective and not through the spiritual perspective. And when you read the story of the disciples, you're thinking, Jesus saying, you guys just never get it. And you can't blame them because we know the whole story and we still don't get it. We still make the same mistakes. The next thing is impatience. They're sitting there, they're, they're, they've just done their, they're, they've done their feedback meeting. They're saying, well, he blew, he blew his chance. He's not going to be king now, so we might as well go. Then they're thinking, well, where is he? He's taking too long. He just shot through, ran up the hill, and now we don't know where he, how long is he going to be? I don't know, he might be there all night. So they're getting impatient. And the third thing is they're dealing with disappointment. Things like, well, he didn't tell us what he was doing anyway. Peter, did he tell you? No. John, did he tell you? No. Judas, did he tell you? No. He just took off. So we're thinking, well, we're disappointed. We're disappointed with Jesus. And I know that there, there are seasons, there's times in life where, where we're like that. We feel like, well, somehow things didn't turn out how I thought God should have turned it out for me. And so we've, we've, we're dealing with unfulfilled expectations. We, we're thinking, God, you should have done it yesterday. God, you should, have, you should have worked these things out already by now. And then we have disappointment starts to settle upon us. John chapter 6, verses 18 to 20, it goes on. <clears throat> they've gone. They've left. Remember, they left without Jesus in the boat. And they're out there rowing away, thinking, well, we'll find someone else to follow. Because I think really this story, it's, it's got quite a few different applications. But one of the applications is, I believe, it's an illustration of the end times church. Believe it or not. It's an illustration of the end times church. But it's also an illustration of people when, they, when they're living with what they thought God should have done but didn't. And so they think, well, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm, I'm getting in my car, getting in my boat, flying away. I'm, I'm just away from this stuff. It says, soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. It said they'd rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. It says they were terrified. Could you imagine? They're like, uh-oh, there's, there's someone walking towards us on the water. And I think it's Jesus. But we just done the dirty on him. I'll be saying, you row faster. That's why they're terrified. What's he going to do? He, he, maybe he heard what we said. They were terrified. But he called out to them. That's one of the amazing things about God. 
is we can row off without him. We can go through life distancing ourselves, making every mistake that we could ever think imaginable. But Jesus will call out to you. He always is calling out to you. Doesn't matter how far you've gone. Doesn't matter how, how much distance you want between him. Doesn't matter if you think, well, you let me down, Jesus. You didn't make it work for me. It says that he called out to them. And when we think of this Christmas season, Jesus coming to earth, the God coming to earth as Jesus, as a man, is God's way of showing humanity or of, of, for all time that he is calling out to us. They left without Jesus. When they left, they didn't know the storm was on its way. And maybe we can relate to times when we've rode off on our own without Jesus. Straight into a storm. Maybe you're in that storm right now. <clears throat> but it's better to wait for Jesus than face the storm without him. See, relating this to the end time church, I believe the church that we're in today, we don't speak enough or teach enough on what the end times look like. And the whole reason Jesus came and died and lived his life as a man was to bring salvation to us. Now he's gone. It's like it's a perfect illustration of what the disciples went through. He was there with them. Then he, he left and he came back, but they were gone. We need to be, always be thinking and mindful that when Jesus comes back, that we're not going to be gone. That we're not going to be distracted because of what we thought he should or shouldn't have done at that time. But when they saw Jesus walking on the water, they were terrified. It says in verse 21, when he called out to them, it says that they were eager to let him in the boat. When he called out to them, when they heard his voice again. And Jesus is calling out to people today, and you need to hear his voice again. Now I'm not saying go out to somewhere in the bush and, and, and hear God in, in, in the rustle of the trees or something like that. I'm saying when you, when you start to say, God, I want to turn back to you. I want to hear your voice again. Maybe you've been rowing and the storm's been beating you back and you're not making much headway. But... God wants you to reacquaint himself to you. Get acquainted with his word. John chapter 1 says the word was God, the word was with God, and he is God. And today we have the word in a book. And there's nothing in this book that, that you can't apply to your life and your situation that won't change everything. If you ever find yourself in that storm at sea, figuratively, you know, figuratively here, and you realize Jesus isn't with you, just do whatever you have to and get him in the boat with you. Just do whatever you have to. Say, Jesus, I've been rowing off on my own, but I want to hear your voice again. I want you to get back in the boat with me again. Why don't we just close our eyes for a sec? Because I believe today is a great day to be a believer. 
It's a great day to be a disciple of Jesus. And despite whatever else happens in the world, don't allow disappointment or impatience to get you rowing away without Jesus. We might think that so many other things happening in the world today don't row off without Jesus. I'm going to pray this morning and I'd love to pray with you or include you in, in my prayer and just to allow people some privacy this morning if we just keep our eyes closed but I do want people to respond to God it's not so much that I see your hand but it's you, you're making a declaration to say Jesus will you do something in me will you do something for me today everything is possible with God and I know that there are those here today that you struggle to believe that The difference that you need to make is the with God part in your life. With God in your relationships. With God in your lifestyle. With God in your workplace. With God in everything. It's not everything I fancy is possible. It's not everything that I imagine in my imagination that's possible. But when with God, everything is possible. I hope you get the the context of that this morning. I'm going to pray. And if you need help this morning, just slip up your hand. And and I know the Holy Spirit is going to put something on you. Perhaps you're going to start hearing the Lord's voice again that that you've stopped listening to. Perhaps you're going to start seeing things that you haven't seen for a long, long time again. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well... I just need to start a relationship with Jesus. I need to align myself again with his plan and his purpose for my life. Because I I can tell you there are so many distractions that will take us off the destiny and the purpose that God has. Jesus wants you to hear his voice above the storm. So we're going to pray. Jesus, just slip up your hand. What I've been speaking about this morning, you're saying, God, I... I need to live in the everything for my life. Jesus, help me believe for everything. May I see everything that you have for me. I confess, Lord God, my past. I give you my today. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you take my tomorrows, that you prepare a destiny for me. Lord, I speak that over your church this morning. I speak that over your people today. And Lord, today, we invite you back into our boat. Lord, I speak on behalf of the church. I pray, Lord God, come into the boat at One Heart Church. Lord, come into our individual lives again, we pray. We invite you back and say, Jesus, be our Lord and our Saviour. Amen. I want you to declare with me this morning as I finish this message. And you can speak it out loud. But with God, everything is possible. So let's say it together. With God, everything is possible. One more time. With God, everything is possible. Have a great week. 
I'll see you here next Sunday and being fantastic this morning.